story is Winnie the Pooh by A. A. Milne. Part 1. Balloons and Bees. This is the story of Edward Bear, known to his friends as Winnie the Pooh, or Pooh for short. He is coming downstairs right now. Bump, bump, bump. On the back of his head, behind Christopher Robin. It is, as far as he knows, the only way of coming downstairs. But sometimes, he feels that there really is another way. If he only could stop bumping his head for a moment and think of it, and then he feels that perhaps there isn't. Anyhow, here he is, at the bottom of the stairs, and ready to be introduced to you, Winnie the Pooh. When I first heard his name, I said, just as you are going to say, but I thought he was a boy. So did I, said Christopher Robin. Then you can't call him Winnie. I don't. But you said, he's Winnie Thur Pooh. Don't you know what there means? Ah, uh, yes. Now I do, I said quickly. I hope you do too, because it is all the explanation you are going to get. Sometimes, Winnie the Pooh likes a game of some sort when he comes downstairs. And sometimes, he just likes to sit quietly in front of the fire and listen to a story. This evening, what about a story, said Christopher Robin. What about a story, I said. Could you, very sweetly, tell a story to Winnie the Pooh? I suppose I could, I said. What sort of stories does he like? He likes stories about himself, because he's that sort of bear. Oh, I see. So could you, very sweetly? I'll try, I said. So I tried. Once upon a time, a very long time ago, Winnie the Pooh lived in a forest all by himself under the name of Sanders. What does under the name mean? asked Christopher Robin. It means he had the name over the door in gold letters and he lived under it. Oh, okay. Winnie the Pooh wasn't so sure, said Christopher Robin. Okay, then I will go on, I said. One day, when he was out walking, he came to an open place in the middle of the forest. In the middle of this place was a large oak tree 
and from the top of the tree there came a loud buzzing noise. Winnie the Pooh sat down at the foot of the tree, put his head between his paws, and began to think. First of all, he said to himself, That buzzing noise means something. You don't get a buzzing noise like that. Just buzzing and buzzing without it meaning something. If there's a buzzing noise, somebody's making a buzzing noise. And the only reason for making a buzzing noise that I know of is because you are a bee. Then he thought another long time and said, And the only reason for being a bee that I know of is making honey. And then he got up and said, And the only reason for making honey is so as I can eat it. So he began to climb the tree. He climbed and he climbed and he climbed and as he climbed he sang a little song to himself. It went like this. Isn't it funny how a bear likes honey? Buzz, buzz, buzz. I wonder why he does. Then he climbed a little further and a little further and then just a little further. By that time, he had thought of another song. It's a very funny thought that if bears were bees, they built their nest at the bottom of trees. And that being so, if the bees were bears, we shouldn't have to climb up all these stairs. He was getting rather tired by this time, so that is why he sang a complaining song. He was nearly there now, and if he just stood on that branch right there, crack. Oh, help, said Pooh, as he dropped ten feet on the branch below him. If only I hadn't, he said, as he bounced twenty feet onto the next branch. You see what I meant to do, he explained, as he turned head over heels. He crashed onto another branch, thirty feet below. What I meant to do was, of course it was rather... He admitted, as he slithered very quickly through the next six branches. It all comes, I suppose, he decided, as he said goodbye to the last branch, spun around three times, and flew gracefully into a coarse bush. It all comes of liking honey so much. Oh, help. He crawled out of the coarse bush 
brushed the prickles from his nose and began to think again. And the first person he thought of was Christopher Robin. Was that me? said Christopher Robin in an odd voice, hardly daring to believe it. Yes, that was you. Little Christopher Robin said nothing, but his eyes got larger and larger, and his face got pinker and pinker. So Winnie the Pooh went round to his friend, Christopher Robin, who lived behind a green door in another part of the forest. Good morning, Christopher Robin, he said. Good morning, Winnie the Pooh, said you. I wonder if you've got such a thing as a balloon about you. A balloon? Yes. I just said to myself, coming along, I wonder if Christopher Robin has such a thing as a balloon about him. I just said it to myself, thinking of balloons and wondering. What do you want a balloon for, you said. Winnie the Pooh looked around to see that nobody was listening. He put his paw to his mouth and said in a whisper, Honey, but you don't get honey with balloons. Oh, but I do, said Pooh. Well, it just happened that you had been to a party the day before at the house of your friend Piglet, and you had balloons at that party. You had had a big green balloon, and one of Rabbit's relations had had a big blue balloon. He had left it behind being really too young to go to a party at all. So you had brought the green one and the blue one home with you. Which balloon would you like? You asked Pooh. He put his head between his paws and thought very carefully. It's like this, he said. When you go after honey with a balloon, the great thing is not to let the bees know you're coming. So, if you have a green balloon, they might think you are only part of the tree, and the bees won't notice you. If you have a blue balloon, they might think you are only part of the sky, and the bees won't notice you. So the question is, which is most likely? Wouldn't they notice you underneath the balloon, you asked? They might, or they might not, said Winnie the Pooh. You can never tell with bees. He thought for a moment and said, 
I shall try to look like a small black cloud that will deceive them. Then you'd better have the blue balloon, you said, and so it was decided. You both went out with the blue balloon, and you took your gun with you, just in case, as you always did. Winnie the Pooh went to a very muddy place that he knew of, and rolled and rolled until he was black all over. When the balloon was blown up as big as big, and you and Pooh were both holding on to the string, you let go suddenly. Pooh Bear floated gracefully up into the sky and stayed there. He was level with the top of the tree and about twenty feet away from it. Hooray, you shouted. Isn't that fine, shouted Winnie the Pooh back down to you. What do I look like? Well, you look like a bear holding a balloon, you said. Not, said Pooh anxiously, not like a small black cloud in a blue sky. Nope, not very much. Ah, well, perhaps from up here it looks different, and as I say, you never can tell with bees. There was no wind to blow him closer to the tree, so there he stayed. He could see the honey. He could smell the honey. But he couldn't quite reach the honey. After a little while, he called down to you. Christopher Robin, he said in a loud whisper. Hello. I think the bees suspect something. What sort of thing? Oh, I don't know. But something tells me that they're suspicious. Perhaps they think that you're after their honey. It may be that. You can never tell with bees. There was another little silence, and then he called down to you again. Christopher Robin. Yes. Have you an umbrella in your house? Yes, I do think so. I wish you would bring it out here and then walk up and down with it. Look up at me every now and then and say, Tut, tut, it looks like rain. I think if you did that, it would help the deception which we are practicing on these bees. Well, you laugh to yourself, silly old bear, but you didn't say it aloud. 
because you were so fond of him, and you went home for your umbrella. Oh, there you are, called down Winnie the Pooh, as soon as you got back to the tree. I was beginning to get anxious. I have discovered that the bees are now definitely suspicious. Shall I put my umbrella up, you said. Yes, but do wait a moment. We must be practical. The important bee to deceive is the queen bee. Can you see which is the queen bee from down there? No. That's a real pity. Well, you walk up and down with your umbrella, saying, Tut, tut, it looks like rain. I shall do what I can by singing a little cloud song, such as a cloud might sing. All right, go. So while you walked up and down and wondered if it would rain, Winnie the Pooh sang this song. How sweet to be a cloud floating in the blue. Every little cloud always sings aloud. How sweet to be a cloud floating in the blue. It makes me very proud to be a little cloud. The bees were still buzzing as suspiciously as ever. Some of them, indeed, left their nests and flew all around the cloud as it began the second verse of this song. One bee even sat down on the nose of the cloud for a moment and then got up again. Christopher, ow, Robin, called out the cloud. Yes, I have just been thinking and I have come to a very important decision. These are the wrong sort of bees, are they? Yes, quite the wrong sort. So I should think they would make the wrong sort of honey, don't you? Would they? Yes, so I think I shall come down now. How, you asked? Winnie the Pooh hadn't thought about this. If he let go of the string, he would fall, bump, and he didn't like the idea of that. So he thought for a long time, and then he said, Christopher Robin, you must shoot the balloon with your gun. 
Have you got your gun? Of course I have, you said. But if I do that, it will spoil the balloon. But if you don't, said Pooh, I shall have to let go, and that would spoil me. When he put it like this, you saw how it was, and you aimed very carefully at the balloon, and fired. Ow, said Pooh. Did I miss, you asked. You didn't exactly miss, said Pooh, but you missed the balloon. I'm so sorry, you said, and you fired again, and this time you hit the balloon. The air slowly came out, and Winnie the Pooh floated down to the ground, but his arms were so stiff from holding onto the string of the balloon all that time that his arms stayed up straight in the air for more than a week. Whenever a fly came and settled on Pooh's nose, he had to try to blow it off. sure that that is why he was always called Pooh. Is that the end of the story? asked Christopher Robin. That's the end of that one. There are others about Pooh and me and Piglet and Rabbit and all of you. Don't you remember? I do remember, and then when I try to remember, I forget. That day when Boo and Piglet tried to catch the heffalump, they didn't catch it, did they? No, Boo couldn't, because he hasn't any brain. Did I catch it? Well, that comes into the story. Christopher Robin nodded. I do remember, he said. Only Pooh doesn't very well. So, that's why he likes having it told to him again. Because then it's a real story, and not just a remembering. That's just how I feel, I said. Christopher Robin gave a deep sigh picked his bear up by the leg, and walked off to the door, trailing Pooh behind him. At the door, he turned and said, Are you coming? I said, Yes, I'm coming. But I have a question for you first. I didn't hurt Pooh when I shot him, did I? Nope, not a bit he said, and went out. And in a moment, I heard Winnie the Pooh bump, 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 going up the stairs behind him. Part 
stuck in a hole, and tracking woozles. Winnie the Pooh, or Pooh for short, was walking through the forest one day, humming proudly to himself. He had made up a little hum that very morning as he was doing his stoutness exercises in front of the mirror. Tra-la-la, tra-la-la, he said as he stretched his arms as high as they could go. And then, tra-la-la, tra-la-oh-oh, help, he cried as he tried to reach his toes. After breakfast, he had said it over and over to himself until he had learned it by heart. Now, he was humming it right through. It went like this. Tra-la-la, 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 rum. humming this to himself and walking along with great happiness. He was wondering what everybody else was doing and what it felt like being somebody else. Suddenly, he came to a sandy bank and in the bank was a large said Pooh, while continuing to hum, rum-dum-diddle, um-dum. If I know anything about anything, that hole means rabbit, he said. And rabbit means company. and such like rum dum dum dilum so he bent down put his head into the hole and called out is anybody at home there was a sudden scuffling noise from inside the hole and then silence I said was, is anybody at home, called out Pooh very loudly. No, said a voice, and then it added, you needn't shout so loud. I heard you quite well, the first time. Oh, bother, said Pooh. Isn't there anybody here at all? Nope, 
nobody. Winnie the Pooh took his head out of the hole, and he thought to himself, There must be somebody there, because somebody must have said nobody. So he put his head back into the hole, and he said, Hello, rabbit. Isn't that you? No, said Rabbit, in a different sort of voice this time. But isn't that Rabbit's voice? I don't think so, said Rabbit. It isn't meant to be me. Oh, said Pooh. He took his head out of the hole again and had another think. And then he put his head back in the hole and said, Well, could you very kindly tell me where Rabbit is? He has gone to see his friend, Pooh Bear, who is a great friend of his. But this is me, said Pooh, very much surprised. What sort of me, said Rabbit, Pooh Bear? Are you sure, said Rabbit, still more surprised. Oh, well, yes, I am quite Quite sure it is me, said Pooh. Well, okay, yes, yes, then, do come in, said Rabbit. So Pooh pushed and pushed and pushed his way through the hole, and at last he got in. You are quite right, said Rabbit, looking at him all over. It is you, and I am glad to see you. Who did you think it was? Wondered Boo. Well, I simply wasn't sure. You know how it is in the forest. One just can't have anybody coming into one's house. One has to be careful. What about a... Mouthful of something, asked Rabbit. Pooh always liked a little something at eleven o'clock in the morning. He was very glad to see Rabbit getting out the plates and getting out the mugs. Rabbit then asked, Would you like honey or condensed milk? with your bread. Pooh was so excited that he said, Both. But then, not to seem greedy, he added, But don't bother about the bread, please. For a long time after that, 
Pooh said nothing. At last, humming to himself in a rather sticky voice, he got up, shook Rabbit lovingly by the paw, and said that he must be going on. Must you? said Rabbit politely. Well, said Pooh, I could stay a little bit longer if you... Pooh looked in the direction of the cabinet that had the food. As a matter of fact, said Rabbit, I was going up myself directly. Oh, well, then I'll be going on. Goodbye, said Pooh. Well, goodbye, said Rabbit, if you're sure you won't have any more. Oh, oh, is there more, asked Pooh, hopefully. Rabbit took the covers off the dishes and said, Nope, there isn't. Uh, I thought not, said Pooh, nodding to himself. Well then, goodbye. I must be going on. Pooh started to climb out of the hole. He pulled with his front paws and he pushed with his back paws. In a little while, his nose was out of the hole, and then his ears were out of the hole, and then his front paws were out of the hole, and then his shoulders were out of the hole. But then, said Pooh. I'd better go back. Oh, bother, he said. I shall have to go forward. Oh, help. Oh, bother. I can't do either. I'm stuck, said Pooh. Now by this time, Rabbit wanted to go for a walk also but he found the front door blocked by Pooh. Rabbit went out the back door and came around to Pooh and looked at him. Hello there, Pooh. Are you stuck? He asked. No, not really, said Pooh carelessly. I'm just resting and thinking, and I'm just humming to myself. Here, give me a paw, said Rabbit. Pooh Bear stretched out a paw, and Rabbit pulled and pulled and pulled. Oh, ow. That's hurting a little bit. The fact is, said Rabbit, 
stuck. Well, said Pooh crossly, it all comes from not having front doors big enough. I don't think so, replied Rabbit sternly. It all comes from eating too much. I didn't want to say anything at the time, Rabbit continued. That one of us was eating too much. And I know it wasn't me. Rabbit stared at Pooh. Well, well, I guess I shall go and fetch Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin lived at the other end of the forest, so Pooh had more time to enjoy his humming. In a little bit, Christopher Robin came back with Rabbit and saw the front half of Pooh stuck in the hole. He said, Silly old bear, in such a loving voice that everybody felt quite hopeful again. I was just beginning to think, said Pooh, sniffing slightly, that Rabbit might never be able to use his front door again, and I should not like that, he said. Neither would I, said Rabbit. Use his front door again, said Christopher Robin. Of course he'll use his front door again. Good, said Rabbit. Oh, yes, that is good, said Boo. Christopher Robin assessed the situation and said, If we can't pull you out, Pooh, then maybe we should just push you back in. Rabbit scratched his whiskers thoughtfully, then said, If we push him back in, then he will just be stuck inside my home, perhaps forever. furrowed his brow. You mean I'd never get out, said Pooh. I mean, said Rabbit, that it really doesn't solve the problem of getting you out of my home. Rabbit continued, you are already partially out. Maybe we shouldn't waste our progress. Christopher Robin nodded in agreement. Then there's only one thing to be done, declared Christopher Robin. We shall have to wait for you to get thin again. Pooh looked quite anxious. How long does getting thin take? He asked. About a week, I should think, said Christopher Robin. But 
and stay here for a week, pouted Pooh. You can stay here easy enough, silly old bear. It's getting you out, which is so difficult. Rabbit tried to cheer Pooh up. Don't worry, we'll read to you. And I hope it won't snow, Rabbit added. I do say, though, old fellow, you're taking up a good deal of room in my house. Do you mind if I use your back legs to hold some towels? Because, after all, your legs aren't really doing anything, and it would be very convenient if I could just hang some towels on them. Pooh was still looking quite gloomy. A week, he said. What about meals? I'm afraid no meals, said Christopher Robin. You need to get thin more quickly. But like Rabbit said, we will read to you. Pooh began to sigh. And then he found he couldn't because he was so tightly stuck. A little tear rolled down his eye as he said, Then would you read a sustaining book? Something like that would help and comfort a wedged bear in great tightness. So for a week, Christopher Robin did read that sort of book to the north end of Pooh. And at the south end of Pooh, Rabbit hung his washing over time, Pooh felt himself getting thinner and thinner. At the end of the week, Christopher Robin said, Now is the time to unstick this bear. Christopher Robin took hold of Pooh's front paws. Rabbit took hold. Of Christopher Robin and all of Rabbit's friends and relations took hold of Rabbit. They all pulled together, and for a long time, Pooh only said, Ow, and Oh. Finally, there was a pop sound, just as if a cork were coming out of a bottle. Christopher Robin, Rabbit, and all of Rabbit's friends and relations went head over heels backwards, and on top of them came Winnie the Pooh. He was finally free from the hole. With a nod of thanks to his friends, Pooh went on with his walk through the forest humming proudly to himself. Christopher Robin looked after him lovingly as he walked away, 
and said to himself, Silly old bear. It is now time for you to meet another friend of Pooh, Piglet. Piglet lived in a very grand house in the middle of a beech tree. The beech tree was in the middle of the forest, and Piglet lived in the middle of the house. Next to his house was a piece of broken board which had Trespassers W written on it. Christopher Robin asked Piglet what it meant. Piglet said it was his grandfather's name and had been in the family for a long time. Christopher Robin said you couldn't be called Trespassers W. Piglet said yes you could because his grandfather was called that. It was short for Trespassers Will, which was short for Trespassers William. His grandfather had had two names in case he lost one. Trespassers after an uncle and William after trespassers. I guess I've got two names, said Christopher Robin, thinking about his first and last name. Well, there you are. That proves it, said Piglet. One fine winter's day, when Piglet was brushing away the snow, in front of his house, he happened to look up. There was Winnie the Pooh, walking round and round in a circle. Pooh was thinking of something very deeply, and when Piglet called to him, he just went on walking. Hello, said Piglet. What are you doing? Oh, huh, me? I'm hunting, said Pooh. Hunting what? asked Piglet. Actually, I'm tracking something, said Winnie the Pooh, very mysteriously. Tracking what? said Piglet, coming closer. That's just what I ask myself. I ask myself, what am I tracking? said Pooh. What do you think you'll answer? said Piglet. I shall have to wait until I catch up with it, said Winnie the Pooh. Now look 
fair. Pooh pointed to the ground in front of him. What do you see right there? Tracks, said Piglet. Paw marks. Piglet gave out a little squeak of excitement. Oh, Pooh, do you think, do you think it's a, a woozle? It may just be, said Pooh. Sometimes it is, and sometimes it isn't. You just never can tell with paw marks. With those few words, Pooh went right on tracking. Piglet, after watching him for a minute or two, ran after him. Winnie the Pooh had come to a sudden stop and was bending over the tracks in a puzzled sort of way. What's the matter? asked Piglet. It's a very funny thing, said Pooh, but there seem to be two animals now. This, whatever it is, has been joined by another, whatever it is. The two of them are now proceeding in company. Piglet, would you mind coming with me in case they turn out to be hostile animals? Piglet scratched his ear in a nice sort of way. Piglet said that he had nothing to do until Friday and would be delighted to come in case it really was a woozle. You mean, said Winnie the Pooh, in case it really is two woozles. Piglet said that anyhow he had nothing to do until Friday, so off they went together. There was a small area of trees just here, and it seemed as if the two woozles if that is what they were, had been going around these trees. So Pooh and Piglet also went around these trees and followed the tracks. Piglet passed the time by telling Pooh what his grandfather, Trespassers W., had done to remove stiffness after tracking. His grandfather had suffered from shortness of breath and other matters of interest in his later years. Pooh wondered what a grandfather was and if perhaps they were following the tracks of two grandfathers. Pooh also wondered if he would be able to take a grandfather home and keep
lonesome. We'll may have to ask Christopher Robin to see what he would say about keeping a grandfather. Pooh and Piglet continued to follow the tracks in front of them. Part 3 Woozle Surprise and Eeyore Loses His Tail Round and round the small patch of trees, Pooh and Piglet continued to follow the two sets of tracks. They were confident that these were the tracks of Woozles. Suddenly, Pooh stopped and pointed with excitement in front of him. Look! What? said Piglet with a jump. Then, to show that he hadn't been frightened, Piglet decided to jump up and down once or twice more to pretend he was just exercising. The tracks, said Pooh. A third animal has joined the other two. Oh, Pooh, cried Piglet. Do you think it's another woozle? No, said Pooh, because it makes different marks. It is either two woozles and a whistle, or two whistles and a woozle. Let's continue to follow them. So they went on, feeling just a little more anxious now. They still didn't know if these three animals were of hostile intent. Piglet wished very much that his grandfather, T.W., was there instead of being elsewhere. Pooh thought how nice it would be if they bumped into Christopher Robin suddenly. But then Winnie the Pooh stopped again and licked the tip of his nose in a cooling manner. Pooh was feeling more hot and anxious than ever in his life before. There were now four animals in front of them. Do you see, Piglet? Look at their tracks. This could now be three whistles and a whistle, or three whistles and a whistle, or maybe two whistles and two whistles. There's even a chance of it being four whistles or four whistles. The possibilities filled their brains with confusion and stress. There were the tracks, crossing over each other here and getting muddled up with each other there. 
but quite plainly, there were four sets of paw tracks. Piglet licked the tip of his nose, too, but found that it brought very little comfort. I think, said Piglet, I think that I've just remembered something. I've just remembered something that I forgot to do yesterday, and I really can't do it tomorrow. So, I suppose I really ought to go back and do it right now. Piglet concluded. Don't worry, Piglet. We'll do it this afternoon, and I'll come with you said Pooh. Oh, it isn't the sort of thing you can do in the afternoon, said Piglet quickly. It's a very particular morning thing that has to be done in the morning. In fact, it must be done between the hours of. What would you say the time is right now? About twelve, said Winnie the Pooh, looking at the sun. As I was saying, it must be done between the hours of twelve and twelve-five. So, really, dear old Pooh, if you'll excuse me. Oh, what's that? said Piglet, hearing a strange whistle. Piglet furrowed his brow, and said, That doesn't sound like a safe sound. Pooh looked up at the sky and heard the whistle again. Pooh looked into the branches of a big oak tree and saw a friend of his. It's Christopher Robin, he said. Ah, then, you'll be all right, said Piglet. You'll be quite safe with him. Goodbye. Piglet trotted off to home as quickly as he could, very glad to be out of all danger again. Christopher Robin came slowly down his tree. Silly old bear, he said. What were you doing? I've been watching you. First, you went around the clump of trees, twice by yourself. Then Piglet ran after you, and you went around again together. And then you were just going around a fourth time. Wait a moment said Winnie the Pooh, holding up his paw. Pooh sat down and thought in the most thoughtful way he could think. Think, 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 he said quietly to himself, pondering the paw tracks on the ground. Then he put his own paw 
the tracks. It was a perfect fit. He then scratched his nose twice and stood up. Yes, said Winnie the Pooh. I see now. Those are my paw tracks. Oh, bother. I've been tracking myself. I'm so foolish and deluded. I'm a bear of no brain at all. You're the best bear in all the world, said Christopher Robin soothingly. I am, said Pooh, hopefully. He brightened up suddenly. Anyhow, Pooh said, it is nearly lunchtime, and that means it is now time to fill my empty tummy. So Pooh went home and forgot all about silly whistles and silly whistles. It is now time for you to meet Eeyore, the old gray donkey. Eeyore was currently standing by himself in a thistly corner of the forest. His front feet were well apart. His head drooped over on one side, and he thought about things. Sometimes he thought sadly to himself, Why? Sometimes he thought, Wherefore? Sometimes he thought, Inasmuch as which? And sometimes he didn't quite know what he was thinking about. So when Winnie the Pooh came stumping along, Eeyore was very glad to be able to stop thinking for a little. Eeyore was even able to muster a How do you do? in his typical gloomy manner. How are you? said Winnie the Pooh. Eeyore shook his head from side to side. I'm not very how, he said. I don't seem to have felt at all how for a long time. Dear, dear, said Pooh. I'm sorry about that. Let's have a look at you. Eeyore stood there, gazing sadly at the ground, and Pooh walked all around him once. Why, what's happened to your tail? Pooh said in surprise. What has happened to it, said 
isn't there, said Boo. Are you sure, mulled Eeyore? Well, either a tail is there, or it isn't there. You can't make a mistake about it. And your tail isn't there, replied Boo. Then what is there, Eeyore wondered. Nothing is there, clarified Boo. Hmm, let's have a look, said Eeyore, and he turned slowly around to the place where his tail had been a little while ago. But finding that he couldn't catch up to it, he turned around the other way. But he came back to where he was at first. So he tried something different. He put his head down and looked between his front legs. At last, he said, with a long, sad sigh, I believe you're right. My tail is not there. Of course I'm right, said Boo. That accounts for a good deal, said Eeyore gloomily. It explains everything. No wonder. You must have left it somewhere, said Boo. Somebody must have taken it, said Eeyore. How like them, he added, after a long silence. Boo felt that he ought to say something helpful about it, but didn't quite know what. So he decided instead to do something helpful. Eeyore, he said, I, Winnie the Boo, will find your tail for you. Thank you, Boo answered Eeyore. You're a real friend, not like some who like to steal tails. So Winnie the Pooh went off to find Eeyore's tail, and he knew just where to go. Pooh marched through the deep green trees of the woods, he marched down open slopes filled with yellow and purple flowers. He trekked over rocky beds of streams. And he trekked up steep banks of sandstone into fields of flowers again. At last, tired and hungry, 
at his destination, the Hundred Acre Wood. For it was in the Hundred Acre Wood that Owl lived. If anyone knows anything about anything and something about something, then it's Owl, said Pooh, or my name's not Winnie the Pooh, which it is. So there you are, Pooh concluded. Owl lived at the Chestnuts, an old world residence of great charm. The Chestnuts was grander than anybody else's home, or seemed so to bear, because it had both a door knocker and a bell pull. Underneath the knocker, there was a notice which said, Please ring if an answer is required. Underneath the bell pull, there was a notice which said, Please knock if an answer is not required. These notices had been written by Christopher Robin, who was the only one in the forest who could spell well. Although Owl was wise in many ways, he was only able to read and write some words. Strangely, Owl spelled his own name, W-O-L. Owl would go to pieces if he had to spell delicate words like measles and buttered toast. Winnie the Pooh read the two notices very carefully. First, from left to right. Then, in case he had missed some of it, from right to left. He wasn't really sure that he understood the instructions on how to use the knocker or the bell pull. So, to be quite sure, he knocked and pulled on the knocker, and then he pulled and knocked on the bell rope. After that, he called out in a very loud voice, Owl, I require an answer. This is Bear speaking. The door suddenly opened, and Owl looked out. Hello, Pooh, he said. How are things? Things are terrible and sad, said Pooh, because Eeyore who is a friend of mine, has lost his tail. 
He's moping about it. So, could you, very kindly, tell me how to find it for him? Well, said Owl, the customary procedure in such cases is as follows. Pooh looked very confused. What does crust of money proceed cake mean? said Pooh. I'm a bear of very little brain, and long words bother me. Owl smiled and said, It simply means the thing to do. Oh, as long as it means that, then I don't mind, said Pooh. Owl continued, The thing to do is as follows. First issue a reward. Then Pooh's eyes suddenly went wide. Just a moment, said Pooh, holding up his paw. I didn't understand you. You sneezed, just as you were going to tell me. I didn't sneeze, said Owl. Ah, yes, you did. I heard you, said Pooh. Excuse me, Pooh. I didn't. You can't sneeze without knowing it. Well, you can't know it without something having been sneezed, replied Pooh. Owl was confused but continued on. What I said was, first issue a reward. There, you just sneezed again, said Pooh. Owl now understood what was confusing Pooh. Pooh thought first issue was a sneeze sound. Owl just continued on using different words. Step one is to offer a reward. We write a notice to say that we will give a large something to anybody who finds your tail. Ah, I see. I see, said Pooh, nodding his head. Talking about large somethings, went on in a dreamy voice. I generally have a small something in my tummy right about now. A small something at about this time in the morning. Pooh looked wistfully at the cupboard in the corner of Owl's kitchen. Pooh stared with desire and said, Just a mouthful of condensed milk or what not, with perhaps a lick of honey. Owl just ignored Pooh and continued on. We need to write. 
write out this notice of reward and put it up all over the forest. Pooh ignored Owl and continued on. A lick of honey would be quite the delightful treat right about now. Pooh noticed that Owl didn't seem to be moving towards the cupboard. Or, I guess not, as the case may be, Pooh mumbled in disappointment. He gave a deep sigh and tried very hard to listen to what Owl was saying. Owl went on and on, using longer and longer words, until at last he came back to where he started. Owl finally explained that the person to write out this notice was Christopher Robin. It was he who wrote the ones on my front door for me. Did you see them, Boo? For some time, Pooh had just been saying yes and no in turn with his eyes shut to everything that Owl was saying. Having said yes, yes last time, Pooh now said no, no this time without really knowing what Owl was talking about. You didn't see them, said Owl, a little surprised. Come and look at them now. They went outside, and Pooh looked at the knocker and the notice below it. He looked at the bell rope and the notice below it. Pooh then stared at the bell rope. The more he looked at the bell rope, the more he felt that he had seen something like it somewhere else, sometime before. Handsome bell rope, isn't it? said Owl. Pooh nodded and said, It reminds me of something, but I can't think what? Where'd you get it? I found it in the forest. It was hanging over a bush. I thought at first somebody lived in the bush, so I pulled on it, and nothing happened, except that it came off the bush. Owl continued. Nobody seemed to want it, so... I just took it home. Owl, said Pooh, you made a mistake. Somebody did want it. Who? Owl said, as an owl often does. Pooh looked at Owl and replied, Eeyore, my dear friend Eeyore, he was fond of it. Fond of it, Owl replied with confusion. 
attached to it, you might say, said Pooh. Owl finally understood. Pooh unhooked the bell pole and carried it back to Eeyore. Christopher Robin attached the tail back onto Eeyore. Eeyore then frisked about the forest, waving his tail with happiness. It was a rare moment of joy for the gray old donkey. Part 4 Pooh and Piglet create a trap for a heffalump. One day, Christopher Robin, Winnie the Pooh, and Piglet were all talking together. Christopher Robin finished the mouthful he was eating and said carelessly, I saw a heffalump today, Piglet. What was it doing? asked Piglet. Oh, it was just lumping along, said Christopher Robin. I don't think it saw me. I saw one once, said Piglet. At least, I think I did. Only, perhaps it wasn't. So did I, said Pooh, wondering what a heffalump was. You don't often see them, said Christopher Robin. Yeah, yeah, not now, said Piglet. No, no, not at this time of year. Absolutely not, said Pooh, wanting to join in. Then they all talked about something else until it was time for Pooh and Piglet to go home. At first, they didn't say much to each other as they walked along the path home. Just as they came to the six pine trees, Pooh looked around to see that nobody else was listening. He then said in a very solemn voice, Piglet, I have decided something. Piglet looked at him curiously and replied, What have you decided, Pooh? I have decided to catch a heffalump. Pooh nodded his head several times as he said this. I shall do it, said Pooh, by means of a trap. And it must be a cunning trap. So you will have to help me, Piglet. Oh, Pooh, said Piglet, I surely will. Piglet scratched his ear for a bit and then asked, But, how shall we do it? Pooh said, Yeah, good question. How do we do it? 
Pooh and Piglet sat down together to think it out. Pooh's first idea was that they should dig a very deep pit. The heffalump would simply come along and fall into the pit. Why? said Piglet. Why what? said Pooh. Why would he fall in? asked Piglet. Pooh slowly rubbed his nose with his paw and thought about his reply. He told Piglet that the heffalump might just be walking along and humming a little song. Heffalump would then look up at the sky, wonder if it would rain, and not see the very deep pit. Distracted by his own humming, the sky, and the thought of rain, the heffalump would walk right into the very deep pit. Piglet said that this was a very good trap, but then wondered, what if it was already raining? Pooh rubbed his nose again and said that he hadn't thought of that. Pooh put his paw to his temple and said, think, think. then brightened up and said, If it were already raining, then the heffalump would be looking up at the sky, wondering if it would clear up. Piglet now fully understood what a cunning trap this was, and he told Pooh so. Pooh was very proud when he heard this. Pooh felt that the heffalump was as good as caught already. They now had to make a very big decision. Where should they dig the very deep pit? Piglet said that the best place to dig the pit would be wherever a heffalump was walking. Specifically, the pit should be dug about one foot in front of the heffalump. Pooh really liked that idea. But then he had a question for Piglet. Wouldn't the heffalump see us digging the very big pit? Piglet pondered this good question and replied, Nope, because he will be looking up at the sky. Yes, yes, so true, said Pooh with a smile. But then Pooh frowned and said, Perhaps the heffalump would hear us digging. I think they have very good hearing. Pooh didn't really know if heffalumps 
had good hearing. He was just guessing. Piglet and Pooh discovered that it was very hard to create a truly cunning plan. Pooh looked at Piglet and said, This isn't as easy as I thought. I suppose that's why heffalumps hardly ever get caught. That must be it, said Piglet. If only I could think of something, said Pooh. He felt sure that a very clever brain could catch a heffalump if only he knew the right way to go about it. Suppose, Pooh said to Piglet, you wanted to catch me. How would you do it? This was an easy question for Piglet. Well, said Piglet, I would just put a jar of honey in a trap. You would smell it, and you would go in after it. Yes, yes, said Pooh excitedly. I would go in after that delicious honey. What a nice treat. For my tummy that would be, Pooh continued, in a dreamy state. Piglet could see Pooh getting distracted. Yes, yes, Pooh, I get it. Never mind about that, Piglet said. That is how I would catch you, because you like honey. But what do heffalumps like? I would think they like acorns. Pooh was still dreaming about honey, and he said, Nah, I think they like honey. We should get some honey. Piglet didn't agree with Pooh, but he also didn't know what heffalumps really liked. So, it was pointless to argue. Piglet also didn't feel like looking for any acorns. Piglet looked at Pooh and said, So you really think we should use honey to trap the heffalump? Yes, lots of honey. I have a large jar of it at my house. Pooh replied, rubbing his tummy. All right, honey it is, agreed Piglet. I'll dig the pit while you go and get the honey from your house. Very well, said Pooh, and he stumped off. As soon as Pooh got home, he went to his pantry. He stood on a chair and took down a very large jar of honey from the top shelf. To make sure it was honey, he took the cover off and looked at it. Yup, it looked 
just like honey. But you never can tell, said Boo. Honey and cheese can be the same color. So this could be honey or cheese. I should taste it to find out. Boo put his tongue in it and took a large lick. Yes, he said. No doubt about it. This is honey. And then he wondered. But what if just the top of the jar is honey and underneath it's all cheese? Pooh was worried that maybe heffalumps don't like cheese. He needed to do more tasting and more testing. Pooh stuck his paw all the way to the bottom of the jar and slowly pulled it out. His entire arm was covered in sticky honey. After licking lots of honey off his paw, he concluded, Yep, this jar is filled with nothing but Honey. He brought the jar back to Piglet, who was standing on the bottom of the very deep pit that he had just finished digging. Piglet looked up and said to Boo, Do you have the honey? Yes, said Boo, and it is most Definitely, honey. It is not cheese at all. I checked several times while walking here, replied Boo. Piglet didn't understand why Boo was talking about cheese. Piglet looked in the jar and saw that most of it was gone. This is all the honey you have? Yes, said Boo proudly. And pure honey it is. There is not a smidge of cheese inside that pot. Piglet continued to ignore Boo's ramblings about cheese. Piglet placed the jar at the bottom of the pit and climbed out. With the trap now set, Boo and Piglet walked back to Boo's house. Well, good night, Boo, said Piglet as he departed Boo's house. Let's meet at six o'clock tomorrow morning by the pine trees, and we'll see how many heffalumps we've got in our trap. Okay. Six o'clock it is, Piglet. Good night, Boo. Piglet trotted off to his house while Boo made his preparations for bed.
Some hours later, Boo woke up suddenly with a sinking feeling. He had had that sinking feeling before, and he knew what it meant. He was hungry. So he went to his pantry, stood on a chair, reached up to the top shelf, and found nothing. That's funny, he thought. I know I had a jar of honey right there, a full jar. It was full of honey right up to the tippity-top. And then suddenly he remembered he had put the honey jar into the cunning trap to catch the half-a-lump. Oh, bother, said Boo, and he got back into bed. But he couldn't sleep. The more he tried to sleep, the more he couldn't. He tried counting sheep, but that was no good. He tried counting heffalumps, and that just made it worse. Every heffalump that he counted was making straight for his pot of honey to eat it all up. For several minutes, Pooh lay there in misery. He just imagined hundreds of heffalumps eating his honey and licking their jaws. Each heffalump would then say, Very good honey this is. I don't know when I've tasted better. Pooh couldn't handle it any longer. He jumped out of bed, ran out of the house, and went straight to the six pine trees. He soon arrived at the very deep pit, but the darkness made it hard to see his jar of honey inside the pit. Hello, honey, Pooh yelled into the pit. Are you down there? The pit was silent, but Pooh could smell his honey, so he knew it was there. Carefully climbed down into the pit and happily sat down next to his jar of honey. Hello, old friend, he said to his honey pot. I've missed you. Pooh poked his paw into the jar, retrieved it, and licked it with a smile. Yep, this is still honey. There isn't any cheese 
in my trusty old honeypot. Pooh continued to dip his paw deep into the jar again and again, enjoying his honey as the sun started to rise. After a while, he'd eaten almost all of the honey. He could see that there was just a little bit more honey stuck all around the very inside of the jar. He pushed his head into the jar and began to lick the honey from the inside. From outside the pit, the muffled voice of Boo could be heard licking the inside of the jar and singing, Honey pot, honey pot, in my tum, honey pot, honey pot, oh so yum. As the sun continued to rise, Piglet soon woke up. Piglet was a bit worried about meeting his first heffalump. He wondered if heffalumps eat little pigs. This made Piglet shudder at the thought. But Piglet put on his bravest face, knowing that he was going to see his first heffalump in about one hour. He also felt better because he knew that Pooh would be with him, and he felt safer having the company of his friend. But what if Heffalumps became more fierce when confronted by two individuals instead of just one? Piglet scratched his ear and thought about this. He then had a very clever idea. He would go very quietly to the very deep pit right now by himself and just peep cautiously into the trap. If a heffalump was in the trap, then maybe it would be best to just run back home and climb back into bed. If there wasn't a heffalump in the trap, then he could get Pooh and act brave as they went to check the pit. He liked that plan, so off he went. As Piglet was walking towards the section of the woods with the very deep pit, still sitting at the very bottom. He had finished licking the honey from inside the jar, but he couldn't get his head out. He pushed it. He pulled it. He groaned and he grunted. Pooh tried with all of his might to get the jar off of his head. When Piglet 
got very close to the very deep pit, he could hear the strange grunts and groans of a heffalump inside. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear, said Piglet to himself. He wanted to run, but he was too curious to see what a heffalump looked like. So Piglet crept to the side of the trap and slowly looked down. At that precise moment, Pooh was giving a huge effort to get the jar off of his head, and he let out a loud roar of determination. Help, help, cried Piglet, a heffalump, a big, horrible heffalump. Piglet scampered off as fast as he could and didn't stop crying and running until he got to Christopher Robin's house. What's the matter, Piglet, said Christopher Robin, who was just waking up. Heffa, heffa said Piglet, breathing so hard that he could hardly speak. I have a, I have a, I have a lump. Where, said Christopher Robin. Up, up, up there, said Piglet, waving his paw about. What did it look like? Oh, oh, Christopher, it had the biggest head ever, a great enormous thing, hugely big. His head was as big as a giant jar. Well, said Christopher Robin, putting on his shoes, I shall go and look at it. Come on. Piglet wasn't afraid if he had Christopher Robin with him. So, off they went. I, 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 I can hear it. Can't you? said Piglet, anxiously, as they got closer. Yeah, I can hear something, said Christopher Robin. It was Pooh, bumping his head against a tree root tried to loosen the jar. There, said Piglet. Isn't it awful? Piglet held on tight to Christopher Robin's hand. Christopher Robin looked down into the pit and began to laugh and laugh and laugh. At that same moment, was able to smash the jar and free his head. Piglet saw what a foolish Piglet he had been, and he soon joined Christopher Robin in laughter. Pooh looked up and also started laughing, even though he didn't know what everyone was laughing about. For the rest of the day, the woods were filled 
with the laughter of three good friends as they talked all about this funny event. This is part five. Eeyore has a birthday. Eeyore, the old gray donkey, stood by the side of the stream and looked at himself in the water. Pathetic, he said. That's what it is. Pathetic. He turned and walked slowly down the stream for about twenty yards, splashed across it, and walked slowly back on the other side. He looked at himself in the water again. As I thought, he said, it's no better from this side. But nobody minds. Nobody cares. Pathetic. That's what it is. There was a crackling noise in the brush behind him, and out came Pooh. Good morning, Eeyore, said Pooh. Good morning, Pooh Bear, said Eeyore gloomily. If it is a good morning, which I doubt, why, what's the matter, asked Pooh.
That's right, said Eeyore. Sing away, umpty diddly umpty doo. Here we go gathering nuts in May. Enjoy yourself. I am, said Boo. Some can, said Eeyore. Why, what's the matter? Pooh asked. Is anything ever really the matter? replied Eeyore. You sure seem sad, Eeyore. Sad? Why should I be sad? Today's my birthday. The happiest day of the year, Eeyore moaned. Your birthday, said Boo, in great surprise. Of course it is. Can't you see? Look around at all the presents I've gotten. Eeyore waved a foot from side to side to the empty area all around him. Look at the birthday cake, the candles, and the pink sugar. Pooh looked first to the right and then to the left. Presents, birthday cake. Where, said Boo. Can't you see them? No, said Boo. Neither can I, said Eeyore. It was just a joke. Har, har. Boo scratched his head, being a little puzzled by all of this. Is it really your birthday? Pooh asked. It is, Eeyore confirmed. Oh, well, many happy returns of the day, Eeyore. And many happy returns to you, Pooh Bear. But it isn't my birthday, said Pooh. No, that's correct. Today is my birthday. But you said many happy returns, said Pooh with a puzzled Pooh face. Well, why not? You don't want to be miserable on my birthday, do you? Eeyore explained. Oh, I see, said Pooh. It's bad enough, said Eeyore, being miserable by myself. What, with no presents, and no cake, and no candles, no proper notice taken of me at all. 
This was too much for Pooh. Stay right there, Pooh said to Eeyore. Pooh turned and hurried back home as quick as he could. He felt that he must get poor Eeyore a present of some sort at once, and he could always think of some better present later. Outside his house, he found Piglet jumping up and down, trying to reach the knocker on Pooh's house. Hello, Piglet, he said. Hello, Pooh, said Piglet. What are you trying to do? I was trying to reach the knocker, said Piglet. Let me do it for you, said Pooh kindly. So he reached up and knocked at the door. I have just seen Eeyore, Pooh began, and poor Eeyore is in a very sad condition because it's his birthday. Nobody has taken any notice of it. He's very gloomy. You know what Eeyore is. And there he was. Pooh was continuing to knock on his own door. Oh, bother. What a long time it takes for someone to answer this door. Pooh knocked again. But, Pooh, said Piglet, this is your house. Oh, said Pooh, so it is. Well, let's just go on in. So in they went. The first thing Pooh did was to go to the cupboard to see if he had quite a small jar of honey left. And he did, so he took it down. I'm giving this to Eeyore, Pooh exclaimed as a present. What are you going to give? Couldn't I give it to, said Piglet. Could this be from both of us? No, said Pooh. I don't think that would be a good plan. All right, then, said Piglet. I will give him a balloon. I've got one left from my party. I'll go and get it now, shall I? That, Piglet, is a very good idea. It's just what Eeyore wants to cheer him up. Nobody can be uncheered with a balloon. So off Piglet trotted, and in the other direction went Pooh with his jar of honey. It was a warm day, and Pooh had a long way to walk. He hadn't gone more than halfway when a sort of funny feeling began to creep all over him. 
it began at the tip of his nose and trickled all through him and out the soles of his feet. It was just as if somebody inside him were saying, Now, Pooh, it's time for a little something. Dear, dear, said Pooh, I didn't know it was as late as that. So he sat down and took the top off his jar of honey. Lucky I brought this with me. Many a bear going out on a warm day like this would never have thought of bringing a little something with him. Pooh dipped his paw into the jar and began to eat and eat and eat. Now, let me see, he thought after a while. Where was I going? Ah, yes, Eeyore. Pooh stood up slowly and then suddenly realized he had eaten Eeyore's birthday present. Oh, bother, he said. What shall I do? I must give him something. For a little while, he couldn't think of anything. But then he thought, Well, this is a very nice pot, even if there's no money in it. If I washed it clean and got somebody to write, Happy birthday on it. Eeyore could keep things in it, which might be useful. So, as he was just passing the hundred-acre wood, he went inside to call on Owl, who lived there. Hello, Owl, Pooh said. Hello said Owl. Many happy returns of Eeyore's birthday, said Pooh. Oh, is that what it is, replied Owl. Yes. What are you giving him, Owl? Well, what are you giving him, Pooh? I'm giving him a useful pot keep things in. Is this it? said Owl, taking the pot out of Pooh's paw. Yes, answered Pooh. Somebody has been keeping honey in it, said Owl. You can keep anything in it, said Pooh earnestly. It's very useful like that. And also, I wanted to ask you. Owl interrupted him and said, You should write happy birthday on it. That was what I wanted to ask you, said Pooh. But my spelling 
is wobbly. It's good spelling, but it wobbles, and the letters get in the wrong places. Would you write happy birthday on it for me? It's a nice pot, said Owl, looking at it all around. Couldn't I give it to from both of us? No, said Boo. I don't think that would be a good plan. Now, I'll just wash it first, and then you can write on it. Boo washed the pot out and dried it, and Owl got a pencil. Can you read, Boo? For example, can you read the notice outside my door? that Christopher Robin wrote? Owl asked a little anxiously. Boo rubbed his nose and replied, Christopher Robin told me what it said, and then I could read it. Well, I will tell you what this says, and then you'll be able to read it, said Owl. Here is what I've written. A very happy birthday with love from Boo. Owl held the jar up to Boo, and Boo admired it, and then read it back to Owl. A very happy birthday with love from Boo. That is perfect, said Boo. However, the actual words that Owl wrote on the jar read, Hippie, Pappy, Pathuddy, Walluddy, Fruddy, Oopa. Boo and Owl smiled at the wonderful birthday gift for Eeyore. While all this was happening, Piglet had gone back to his own house get Eeyore's balloon. He held it very tightly against himself so that it shouldn't blow away. Piglet ran as fast as he could so as to get to Eeyore before Boo did. He wanted to be the first one to give Eeyore a present, just as if he had thought of it without being told by anybody. Piglet was deep in thought about this as he ran and mindlessly put his foot into a rabbit hole. Boof! Piglet did a face plant into the grass. At the same time, there was also a loud pop sound. For a couple of seconds, he just lay there, wondering what had happened. At first, he thought that the loud pop sound was the whole world blowing up. But he could still feel grass on his face. So he doubted that grass would still exist if the world blew up. Piglet stood up cautiously and looked around him. 
Nope. The world didn't blow up. He wiped his brow with relief. He wondered if the loud pop was maybe just a tree or rock exploding. But he didn't see proof of that either. Piglet looked in his hand and wondered why he was holding a piece of loose, floppy string. The balloon, Piglet cried out. He suddenly realized his balloon had popped. Oh dear, he said. Oh dear, oh dearie, dearie, dear. I can't go back, and I haven't got another balloon. Piglet continued on, rather sadly now. He arrived at the side of the stream where Eeyore was. Eeyore was staring gloomily at his own reflection in the stream. Hello, Eeyore, shouted Piglet. Hello, Piglet, said Eeyore. If it is a good morning, which I doubt, not that it matters. Many happy returns of the day, said Piglet, having now gotten closer. Eeyore stopped looking at himself in the stream and turned to stare at Piglet. Just say that again. I didn't hear you, Eeyore said. Piglet started to repeat it. I said, many happy... Eeyore interrupted him and said, Wait a moment. After several failed attempts, Eeyore balanced himself on three legs and held his fourth leg up to his right ear. My donkey ear parts don't always work well, but this seems to help. Eeyore explained as he balanced. Okay, I'm ready. Go ahead. Say it again. Piglet watched Eeyore balance himself and then repeated many happy returns of the day. Meaning me? asked Eeyore. Of course. My birthday? Yes, said Piglet cheerfully. Me having a real birthday. Yes, Eeyore, and I brought you a present. Eeyore rebalanced himself so his foot was now supporting his other ear. I had to switch ears. Go ahead. Say it again, said Eeyore. A present, said Piglet loudly. 
for me. Yes, confirmed Piglet with a smile. For my birthday. Yes, Eeyore. And I brought you a balloon, said Piglet. A balloon. You did say balloon. One of those big colored things that float in the air. Eeyore almost sounded happy. Yes, but when I was running along to bring it to you, I fell down, Piglet confessed. Dear, dear, how unlucky for you, how unlucky for me. You ran too fast, I expect. You didn't hurt yourself. Did you, little piglet? No, no, but I, uh, I, 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 Eeyore, I burst the balloon. There was a very long silence. My balloon, said Eeyore at last. Piglet nodded. My birthday balloon. Yes, Eeyore, said Piglet sadly. Here it is. Happy birthday. And he gave Eeyore a piece of loose string. Is this it? Said Eeyore, a little surprised. Piglet nodded. This is my present. Piglet nodded again. This is the balloon. Yes. Well, thank you, Piglet, said Eeyore. If you don't mind my asking, what color was this balloon when it, when it was a balloon? It was red. Red. That's my favorite color. How big was it? Oh, about as big as me. was my favorite color, and it was my favorite size. Oh, well, said Eeyore sadly. Suddenly, both heard a shout from the other side of the river, and there was Pooh. I've brought you a little present, yelled Pooh. Excitedly. Yes, oh boy, another present, said Eeyore with pessimism. Pooh splashed across the stream 
and joined Eeyore and Piglet on the other side. It is a useful pot for putting things in, said Boo. Here it is. And it's got a very happy birthday with love from Boo written on it. That's what all these squiggly lines are. When Eeyore saw the pot, he became quite excited. Why, he said, I believe my balloon will fit just right into that pot. Oh, no, 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 Eeyore, said Boo. Balloons are much too big to go into pots. Not mine, said Eeyore proudly. Look, Piglet. Eeyore picked up the piece of string and carefully put it into the pot. Piglet then used silent hand gestures to explain to Pooh that the balloon had popped. Pooh understood immediately because he had popped many balloons by accident. Pooh looked back at Eeyore, who was staring into the pot at the string. Yes, yes, Eeyore, your balloon does fit quite perfectly into the useful pot. Yes, it does, agreed Piglet, who started to smile again. How absolutely wonderful, said Eeyore, taking the string in and out of the pot. Watch this, Boo and Piglet. My balloon goes in and out without a problem. And for the rest of the day, Eeyore smiled and swayed about with joy. Not because he had two birthday presents, but because he had two good friends who remembered his birthday. Part 6 The Plan to Kidnap Rue One day, Kanga and Baby Rue suddenly appeared in the forest. Nobody seemed to know where they came from. Boo scratched his ear and asked Christopher Robin, How did they come here? Christopher Robin replied, In the usual way, if you know what I mean, Boo. Boo didn't know what he meant, but he nodded his head and said, Oh. Uh, 
Yes, yes. In the usual way, indeed. Pooh went to call on his friend Piglet to see what he thought about it. At Piglet's house, Pooh found Rabbit, and they all talked about it together. They were all quite curious about this new strange animal and its baby. What I don't like about it is this, said Rabbit. Here we are, Pooh, Piglet, and me, and suddenly, and Eeyore, said Pooh. Yes, yes, Eeyore is also part of our forest, and then suddenly, and Owl, said Pooh interrupting Rabbit once again. And Eeyore, said Pooh. Did I mention Eeyore? Rabbit paused, looked at Pooh, and decided to just continue on. Here we all are, said Rabbit, very slowly and carefully. All of us. And then suddenly, we wake up one morning, and what do we find? We find a strange animal among us named Kanga, an animal of whom we have never seen or heard of before. A strange animal who carries her family in her pocket. Suppose I carried my family with me in my pocket. How many pockets should I want? asked Rabbit. Sixteen, said Piglet. Uh, nope, I think it would be seventeen, said Rabbit, in one suit. There was a long and thoughtful silence. And then Pooh, who had been frowning very hard for some minutes, said, I think it's fifteen. What, said Rabbit? Fifteen, said Pooh. Fifteen what, said Rabbit? Your family, answered Pooh. What about them, said Rabbit? Pooh rubbed his nose and said that he thought Rabbit had been talking about his family. Was I, said Rabbit carelessly. Yes, said Pooh. You said, oh, never mind, Pooh, said Piglet impatiently. The question is, what are we going to do about Ganga? Oh, I see, said Pooh. The best way, said Rabbit, would be to steal Baby Roo and hide him. And then when Ganga says, Where's Baby Roo? We all say, Aha! Pooh started practicing right away. Aha! Aha! Pooh went on. We could say, Aha! 
even if we hadn't stolen Baby Roo. Rabbit frowned at Pooh's comment. Piglet then asked, Why would we say, Aha? Rabbit replied, We say, Aha, so that Kinka knows that we know where Baby Roo is. Aha means, We'll tell you where Baby Roo is if you promise to go away from the forest and never come back. Now don't talk while I think, Rabbit asserted. Pooh went into a corner and practiced saying, Aha, in a firm voice. Sometimes it seemed to him that it did mean what Rabbit said, and sometimes it seemed to him that it didn't. I suppose it's just practice, Pooh thought. I wonder if Kanko will have to practice too, so she can understand it. Piglet then spoke up while fidgeting a bit. There's just one thing. I was talking to Christopher Robin, and he said that a Kanga was generally regarded as one of the fiercer animals. I'm not frightened of fierce animals in the ordinary way, but it is well known that if one of the fiercer animals is deprived of its young, it becomes as fierce as two fiercer animals. In which case, aha is perhaps a foolish thing to say. Piglet, you haven't any pluck, said Rabbit, taking out a pencil and licking the end of it. It's hard to be brave, said Piglet, sniffing slightly, when you're only a very small animal. Rabbit, who had begun to write very busily, looked up and said, It is because you are a very small animal that you will be quite useful in this adventure. Piglet was so excited at the idea of being useful that he forgot to be frightened anymore. Rabbit went on to say that Gengas were only fierce during the winter months. At other times, Gengas were of an affectionate disposition, quite calm and easy to get along with. Piglet could hardly sit still. He was now so eager to begin being useful at once. What, what about me? said Pooh, sadly. How can I be useful? Never mind, said Piglet, with kind comfort. Another time, perhaps. 
Rabbit asserted. Nope, nope. I have to correct you, Piglet. Without Boo, the adventure would be impossible. Oh, said Piglet, and looked at Boo with admiration. Boo went into a corner of the room and said proudly to himself, Impossible without me. Oh, you bet. I'm that sort of bear. Now listen, all of you, said Rabbit, when he had finished writing. Boo and Piglet sat listening very eagerly, with their mouths open. Rabbit then read out the major points of their plan to capture Baby Roo. Point number one. Kanga never takes an eye off Baby Roo, except when he's safely buttoned up in her pocket. Point number two. If we are to capture Baby Roo, we must get a big head start because Kanga runs faster than any of us, even me. Point number three. If Rue jumps out of Kanga's pocket and Piglet jumps in, then Kanga won't know the difference, because Piglet is also a very small animal, just like Rue. Point number four. Kanga will have to be looking the other way first so she doesn't see Piglet jump into her pouch. Point number five. Pooh will talk to Kanga very excitedly so she looks away for a moment. Point number six. I could then grab Rue and run away with him. And lastly, point number seven. Kanga won't discover that Piglet is in her pouch instead of Rue until I am very far away and it is too late. Rabbit then looked up at the group with pride. For a little while after he read it, nobody said anything. Piglet, who had been opening and shutting his mouth without making any noise, managed to finally say, What do we do at the end? asked Piglet. How do you mean? replied Rabbit. What do we all do when Kanga discovers that I am in her pouch and not Rue? Rabbit stood up straight and exclaimed, That is when we all say, Aha! All three of us asked Piglet. Yes, replied Rabbit. Oh, mumbled Piglet with a tone of concern. 
fine. What's the trouble, Piglet? Oh, nothing, said Piglet. As long as we all three say it, then I don't mind. I just don't want to say, aha, by myself. It wouldn't sound as good. By the way, are you sure about what you said about the winter months? The winter months? asked Rabbit. Yes, you said Ganga is only fierce in the winter months, replied Piglet. Oh, yes, yes, that's right. Sure, sure. Hey, Pooh. Do you understand what you have to do? No, said Pooh. Not yet. What do I do? Well, you just have to talk energetically to Ganga so she doesn't notice anything. Oh, said Pooh. What about? Anything you like, said Rabbit. You mean like telling her a little bit of poetry or something? Yes, that's it, said Rabbit. Splendid. Now come along. They all followed Rabbit and went out to look for Ganga. Ganga and Roo were spending a quiet afternoon in a sandy part of the forest. Baby Roo was practicing very small jumps in the sand and falling down mouse holes and climbing out of them. Ganga was watching and saying, Just one more jump, dear, and then we must go home. At that moment, Pooh came stumping up the hill. Good afternoon, Ganga, Pooh said. Good afternoon, Pooh, said Ganga. Look at me jumping, squeaked Roo, and fell into another mouse hole. Hello, Roo, my little fellow, said Pooh. Rabbit and Piglet then came up from the other side of the hill. Ganga looked at them and said, We were just about to go home, but good afternoon, Rabbit, and good afternoon, Piglet. Rabbit and Piglet said, Good afternoon, back, and hello, Roo. Roo asked them to look at him jumping, so they stayed and watched. Oh, Ganga, said Boo after Rabbit had winked at him twice. Perchance, by and by, are you interested in poetry at all? Nope, not hardly at all, said Ganga. Oh, said Pooh. Rue, dear, said Ganga. Just one more jump, and then we must go home. There was a short silence as Roo fell down another mouse hole. 
Rabbit nudged Boo and whispered, Go on, go on. Boo looked at Ganga and said, Talking of poetry, I made up a little piece as I was coming along. It went like this. Now, let me see. Ganga was watching Rue very closely. Now, Rue, dear, be careful with those jumps. Rabbit looked at Ganga and said, Yes, yes, you'll like this piece of poetry, encouraging her to focus on Boo. Yes, yes, Ganga, you'll love it, said Piglet. But you must listen very carefully, said Rabbit. Yes, yes, said Piglet. You don't want to miss any of it. Oh, okay, said Ganga. But she still watched Baby Roo very intently. How did that poem go, Boo? said Rabbit. Boo gave a little cough, and he began. This is my poem. Is called Seven Days of Me. On Monday, when the sun is hot, I wonder to myself a lot. Now is it true, or is it not, that what is which, and which is what? On Tuesday, when it hails and snows, the feeling on me grows and grows that hardly anybody knows if those are these or these are those. On Wednesday, when the sky is blue and I have nothing else to do, I sometimes wonder if it's true that who is what and what is who. On Thursday, when it starts to freeze and cold frost twinkles on the trees, how very readily one sees that these are whose, but whose are these? On Friday, Wonderful, Boo, just wonderful, interrupted Ganga, not waiting to hear what happened on Friday. Just one more jump, Roo, dear, and then we really must be going. Rabbit gave Boo a hurrying up sort of nudge. Speaking of poetry, said Boo quickly, have you ever noticed that? Curious tree right over there. Where? said Ganga. Now, Rue, no more jumps. Right over there, said Boo, pointing behind Ganga's back. No, never noticed it, said Ganga. Now jump in my pouch, Rue, and we'll go home. You really ought to look at that tree. Right over there, 
said Rabbit. Rabbit then picked up Roo and said, Shall I lift you in, Roo, and put you in your mother's pocket? I can see a bird in that tree from here, said Pooh. Or is it a fish? Kanga, you ought to look at that bird, said Rabbit, unless maybe it's a fish. It isn't a fish, it's a bird, said Piglet. So it is, said Rabbit. Is it a starling, or is it a blackbird, said Pooh. That's the whole question, said Rabbit. Kanga, is it a blackbird or a starling? At last, Kanga did turn her head to look, and the moment that her head was turned, Rabbit said in a loud voice, In you go, Roo. But he put Piglet into Kanga's pocket instead. Rabbit then scampered off with Roo as fast as he could. Why, where's Rabbit? said Kanga, turning around again. Are you all right, Roo, dear? Piglet made a squeaky Roo noise from the bottom of Kanga's pocket. Oh, Rabbit had to go away, said Pooh. I think he thought of something he had to go and do suddenly. And where's Piglet? I think Piglet thought of something at the same time. Yes, yes, it was also a sudden thought. Well, we must be getting home, said Ganga. Goodbye, Pooh. In three large jumps, Ganga was gone. Pooh looked after her as she went. I wish... I could jump like that, Pooh thought. Some can, and some can't. That's just how it is. Piglet was now getting tossed around, all inside Ganga's pocket. He became so disoriented that even his words and thoughts got jumbled as Ganga bounded away. I'm flying, bouncing, up, down, confused, dizzy, oh, big jump, bounce, oh, bounce, up is which way. After a bit, he could feel himself floating up and down a bit more smoothly with each leap by Ganga. As he went up into the air, he said, Ooh. As he came down, he said, Oof. And so Piglet just kept repeating, Ooh. Oof. Ooh. Oof. Ooh. Oof. Once home, Kanga unbuttoned her pocket looked down, and saw what had happened. 
just for a moment. She thought she was frightened, and then she knew she wasn't. She felt quite sure that Christopher Robin would never let any harm happen to Rue. Kinga then said to herself, If they are having a joke with me, I will have a joke with them. Now then, Rue, my little dear, it's bedtime, she said with a tone of acting as she took Piglet out of her pocket. Aha, said Piglet, as well as he could after his terrifying journey. But it wasn't a very good aha, and Ganga didn't seem to understand what it meant. But before bed, you must have your bath first, said Ganga in a cheerful tone. Aha, said Piglet again, looking around anxiously for everybody else. But nobody else was there. Kanga looked down at Piglet with a wry smile and said, Well, my little Rue dear, I think tonight would be a good night for a very cold bath. How about that? Piglet who had never been really fond of baths, shuddered and said in as brave a voice as he could, Kanga, I see that the time has come to speak plainly. Funny little Rue, said Kanga, as she got the bath water ready. I am not Rue, said Piglet loudly. I and Piglet. Yes, yes, dear, said Ganga soothingly, and you're also imitating Piglet's voice. Aren't you clever? Ganga took a large bar of yellow soap out of the cupboard. Okay, Rue, no more games. It is time to hop into that cold, cold bath. Can't you see? shouted Piglet. Haven't you got eyes? Look at me. I am looking, Rue, my dear, said Ganga. And you know what I told you yesterday about pretending. Now then, into the bath, and don't let me have to speak to you about it again. Before he knew where he was, Piglet was in the cold bath, and Ganga was scrubbing him firmly. Yikes, cried Piglet. Let me out. I'm Piglet. After about a minute, Piglet was let out of the bath and rubbed dry with a towel. Now, my little Rue, said Ganga, it's time for your medicine. And then bed. What, what, what medicine? Said Piglet. Medicine to make you grow big and strong, dear. You don't want to grow up small and weak like Piglet, do you? At that moment, there was a knock at the door. Come in, 
said Ginga, and in came Christopher Robin. Oh, Christopher Robin, cried Piglet, please tell Ginga who I am. She keeps saying I'm Rue. I'm not Rue, am I? Christopher Robin looked at Piglet very carefully and shook his head. You can't be Rue, he said, because I've just seen Rue playing in Rabbit's house. Well, said Ganga, fancy that. Fancy my making a mistake like that. There you are, said Piglet to Ganga. I told you so. I am Piglet. Christopher Robin shook his head again. Oh, you're not Piglet, he said. I know Piglet quite well, and he's quite a different color. Piglet looked at his arms, and he could see that the bath had changed his appearance a little. Kanga turned to Christopher Robin and said, I knew it wasn't Piglet, but I wonder who he can be. Perhaps he's a relative of Pooh, said Christopher Robin. Maybe a nephew or an uncle or something. Kanga agreed and declared that they must give Pooh's relative a name. I shall call him Pooh Dell, said Christopher Robin, short for Henry Pootel. Piglet didn't like how this was going. He needed to scoot out of there. Little Henry Pootel Piglet wriggled out of Ganga's arms and jumped to the ground. To his great joy, Christopher Robin had left the door open. Little Henry Pootel Piglet ran as fast as he could. He didn't stop running until he got quite close to his house. When he was a hundred yards away from his home, he stopped running. He then rolled around in the dirt to get his old color back again and then scurried inside his house. In the end, Kanga and Rue stayed in the forest to live, becoming great friends with the rabbit, Pooh, and yes, even little Piglet. Part 7 Expedition to the North Pole One fine day, Pooh had stumped up to the top of the forest to see his friend, Christopher Robin. Pooh wanted to know if he was interested in bears at all. Christopher Robin was sitting outside his door, putting on his big boots. As soon as he saw the big boots, Pooh knew that an adventure was going to happen. Pooh brushed the honey off his nose 
with the back of his paw and spruced himself up as well as he could. He wanted to look ready for anything. Good morning, Christopher Robin, he called out. Hello, Pooh Bear. I can't get this boot on. Oh, that's bad, said Pooh. Do you think you could very kindly lean against me? Because I keep pulling so hard that I fall over backwards, asked Christopher Robin. Pooh sat down, dug his feet into the ground, and pushed hard against Christopher Robin's back. Christopher Robin pushed hard against his, and pulled and pulled at his boot until he had got it on. Thank you, Pooh, said Christopher Robin. And that's that, said Pooh. So, what do we do next? We are all going on an expedition, said Christopher Robin, as he got up and brushed himself. Oh, going on an expedition, said Pooh eagerly. I don't think I've ever been on one of those. Where are we going to on this expedition? Expedition, silly old bear. Oh, said Pooh. I know, but he didn't really know. We're going to discover the North Pole, declared Christopher Robin. Oh my, oh my, how exciting, exclaimed Pooh. Pooh then paused, scratched his nose, and asked, What is the North Pole? It's just something you discover, said Christopher Robin, not being quite sure himself. Oh, I see, said Boo. Are bears any good at discovering it? Of course they are, Christopher Robin replied. And Rabbit and Ganga and all of you. It will be an expedition. That's what an expedition means. It's a long line of everybody. So you'd better go tell all the others to get ready. And also, we must all bring provisions, said Christopher Robin. Pooh scratched his head. Bring what? Pooh asked. Things to eat replied Christopher Robin. Oh, said Pooh happily. I thought you said provisions. I'll go and tell everybody. Pooh then stumped off, and the first person he met was Rabbit. Hello, Rabbit, he said. Is that you? Let's pretend it isn't me and see what happens, replied Rabbit. Well, Rabbit, I've got a message for you. 
Well then, I will give it to him, said Rabbit. We are all going on an expedition with Christopher Robin, exclaimed Pooh. Rabbit now decided to start being himself again and asked, What is it when we're on it? A sort of boat, I think, said Pooh. Oh, that sort. Yes, Rabbit. And we're going to discover a pole or something. Or was it a mole? Anyhow, we're going to discover it. Oh, we are, are we? said Rabbit. Yup. And we've got to bring... Bro, we got to bring things to eat with us in case we want to eat them. Now, I'm going down to Piglet's. Tell Ganga, will you? Pooh left Rabbit and hurried down to Piglet's house. Piglet was sitting on the ground at the door of his house, blowing happily at a dandelion. Oh, Piglet, said Pooh excitedly, we're going on an expedition, all of us, with things to eat, to discover something. To discover what, said Piglet anxiously. Oh, just something. Nothing fierce, asked Piglet. Christopher Robin didn't say anything about fears. He just said it was an expedition. So, I guess it has an X. Piglet thought Pooh said next and replied, It isn't next I'm afraid of. It's teeth. But if Christopher Robin is coming, then... I don't mind anything. In a little while, they were all ready at the top of the forest, and the expedition started. The traveling group now included Christopher Robin, Rabbit, Piglet, Pooh, Kinga, with Rue in her pocket, Owl, Eeyore, and all of Rabbit's friends and relatives. Rabbit gestured to all of his friends and relatives and explained, I didn't ask them to join us. They just came. They always do. They can march at the end after Eeyore. Well, what I say, said Eeyore, is that it's unsettling. I didn't want to come on this expo, whatever it is. I only came to oblige. I hope that every time I want to sit down to rest, I don't have to brush away all of Rabbit's friends and relations first. In that case, this isn't an 
expo, whatever it is. It's simply mass confusion. That's what I say. I see what Eeyore means, said Owl, if you ask me. I'm not asking anybody, said Eeyore. I'm just telling everybody. We can look for the North Pole or we can play. Here we go gathering nuts in May with the end part of an ant's nest. It's all the same to me. There was then a shout from the front of the line. Come on, yelled Christopher Robin. Come on, called Pooh and Piglet. Come on, called Owl. We're starting, said Rabbit. I must go. Rabbit hurried off to the front of the expedition with Christopher Robin. All right, said Eeyore. We're going. Only don't blame me for anything. So off they all went to discover the North Pole. As they walked, they chattered to each other about this and that. Well, all except Pooh, who started singing a song he had made up until he was asked to be quiet. Shh, said Christopher Robin, turning around to Pooh. We are coming to a dangerous place. Shh, said Pooh turning around quickly to Piglet. Shh, said Piglet to Ganga and Roo. Shh, said Ganga and Roo to Owl. Shh, said Owl to Eeyore. Shh, said Eeyore to all of Rabbit's friends and relations. Each said hastily to each other, all down the line, until it got to the very last one. They had come to a stream, which twisted and tumbled between high rocky banks. Christopher Robin saw at once how dangerous it was. It's just the place, he explained for an ambush. What sort of bush? whispered Pooh to Piglet. Is it a dangerous bush? My dear Pooh, said Owl in his superior way, don't you know what an ambush is? It's a sort of surprise. A bush that surprises. Sounds like a dangerous bush, said Pooh. They were climbing very cautiously up the stream now, going from rock to rock. After they'd gone a little way, they came to a place 
where the banks widened out at each side. On each side of the water, there was a level strip of grass on which they could sit down and rest. As soon as he saw this, Christopher Robin called, Halt, and they all sat down and rested. I think, said Christopher Robin, that we should eat all of our provisions now, so that we won't have so much to carry. Eat all of our what, said Boo. All that we brought, said Piglet, getting to work. Oh, that's a good idea, said Boo, and he got to work too. Have you all got something to eat? asked Christopher Robin with his mouth full. All except me, said Eeyore, as usual. Eeyore looked around at everyone in his melancholy way. I suppose none of you are sitting on a delicious thistle by any chance. Oh, I believe I am said Boo. Ow! Boo stood up and looked behind him. Yes, I was sitting on some thistle. I thought so. Thank you, Boo, said Eeyore. That is, if you're quite finished with sitting on it. Eeyore moved to where Boo had been sitting and began to eat. It don't do thistles any good, you know, by sitting on them, Eeyore went on while munching. It just takes all the life out of them. Remember that another time, all of you. A little consideration, a little thought for others. It makes all the difference. As soon as he had finished his lunch, Christopher Robin whispered to Rabbit if they could chat for a second. Rabbit said, Yes, yes, of course. And they walked a little way up the stream together. I didn't want the others to hear, said Christopher Robin to Rabbit. Quite so, quite so, said Rabbit, looking important. I was wondering, said Christopher Robin, and this is between you and me. What exactly does the North Pole look like? Well, said Rabbit, squinting his eyes and stroking his whiskers. Let me think. I did know once, only I've sort of forgotten, said Christopher Robin. It's a funny thing, said Rabbit, 
but I've sort of forgotten to, although I did know once. I suppose it's just a bowl stuck in the ground, guessed Christopher Robin. Yes, yes, it is sure to be a bowl, said Rabbit, that is stuck in the ground, because that would be the logical place to stick a bowl. Yes, that is what I thought, said Christopher Robin. The only thing, said Rabbit, is where is it sticking? That is what we're looking for, said Christopher Robin. They went back to the others. Piglet was lying on his back, sleeping peacefully. Little Roo was washing his face and paws in the stream. Kanga explained to everyone proudly that this was the very first time Roo had ever washed his face himself. Owl was telling Kanga an interesting anecdote full of long words like encyclopedia and rhododendron. But Kanga was just watching Roo and not listening to Owl. I don't support all this washing stuff, grumbled Eeyore. This modern wash-behind-the-ears nonsense. What do you think, Pooh? Well, said Pooh, I will have to put that to a long think. Suddenly, a loud squeak came from Roo, then a splash, and a loud cry of alarm from Ganga. So much for washing, said Eeyore. Roo's fallen in, cried Rabbit, and he and Christopher Robin came rushing down to the rescue. Look at me swimming, squeaked Roo from the middle of the stream, and was swept down a small waterfall into the next part of the stream. Are you all right, Roo, dear? called Ganga anxiously. Yes, said Roo. Look at me. I'm swimming. And down he went over the next small waterfall. Everybody was doing something to help. Piglet, wide awake suddenly, was jumping up and down and making... Ooh, I say, ooh, I say, noises. Owl was explaining that in a case of sudden and temporary immersion, the important thing was to keep the head above water. Kanga was jumping along the bank, saying repeatedly, are you all right, Roo, dear? To which Roo simply replied, 
replied every time. Look at me swimming. Eeyore turned around, placed his tail in the stream, and said, Just grab my tail and forget about all that washing. But Rue floated right past Eeyore's tail as he enjoyed his swim in the stream. Christopher Robin and Rabbit came hurrying past Eeyore and were calling out to the others in front of them. All right, Rue, I'm coming, called Christopher Robin. Get something across the stream, lower down, called Rabbit. Boo was further down the stream, holding a long pole in his paws. Kanga helped Boo to hold the pole over the stream. Rue floated right up against the pole and easily climbed out of the stream. Did you see me swimming? squeaked Rue excitedly, while Kanga hugged him and tried to dry him off. Kanga was too frantic to reply to Rue. So Rue directed his question to others. Boo, did you see me swimming? That's called swimming. That's what I was doing. Rabbit, did you see what I was doing? I was swimming. Hello, Piglet. I do say, Piglet, did you see my fine swimming? Rue started to ask the same question to Christopher Robin, but Christopher Robin wasn't listening. Christopher Robin was staring at Boo. Boo, he said, where did you find that pole? Pooh looked down at the pole in his hands. I just found it, he said. I thought it might be useful, so I just picked it up. Pooh, said Christopher Robin with great excitement. The expedition is over. You have found the North Pole. Oh, said Boo. Eeyore was still sitting with his tail in the water when they all got back to him. Eeyore didn't know if Rue had been rescued yet. Eeyore exclaimed, Tell be quick. My tail is getting cold. I didn't want to mention it, but I guess I just mentioned it. I don't want to complain, but there it is. My tail is cold. Here I am, squeaked through. Oh, there you are. Eeyore acknowledged. Did you see me swimming? asked Rue. Eeyore didn't reply. He took his tail out of the water 
and swift it from side to side. As I expected, Eeyore said, I've lost all feeling. It's numb. That's what it's done. The water has numbed my tail. That is why I don't support washing. It results in a numb tail. Poor old Eeyore. I'll dry it for you, said Christopher Robin, and he took out his handkerchief. Thank you, Christopher Robin. Hello, Eeyore, said Pooh, coming up to them with his pole. Hello, Pooh. Thank you for asking, but I shall be able to use it again in maybe a day or two, commented Eeyore. Use what in a day or two? asked Pooh. What we were talking about, said Eeyore. I wasn't talking about anything, said Pooh, looking puzzled. My mistake again. I thought you were saying how sorry you were about my tail being all numb, and if you could do Anything to help me? Nope, said Pooh. That wasn't me. Perhaps it was someone else. Christopher Robin held out the bowl towards Eeyore. Look, Pooh's found the North Pole, said Christopher Robin. Isn't that lovely? Pooh looked down modestly. Is that it? said Eeyore. Yes, replied Christopher Robin. That is what we were looking for, Eeyore asked again. Yes, said Pooh. Oh, said Eeyore. I guess that means it is time to return home. Not quite yet, said Christopher Robin. They stuck the pole in the ground, and Christopher Robin tied a message onto it. The message stated, North Pole, discovered by Pooh. Pooh found it. Then they each went back to their homes, including Pooh celebrated his big discovery at home with a little taste of honey. Part 8 Piglet Gets Stuck in a Flood Piglet stared out the window. For days and days and days it had been raining. So much rain he had never seen this much rain in his whole entire life, which he believed was a total of three years. Or maybe he was four years old. No matter. 
this rain was worrisome to poor little Piglet. If only, he thought, I had been in Pooh's house, or Christopher Robin's house, or Rabbit's house, then I should have had some company all this time. But instead, I'm here, all alone, with nothing to do except wonder, when will it stop? He imagined himself with Pooh, saying, Did you ever see such rain, Pooh? Pooh would say back, No, never. This is quite awful, Piglet. Piglet would nod and say, I agree. I wonder how it is over at Christopher Robin's way. Pooh would scratch his head and reply, Yes, yes. I would wonder the same thing. I also think that poor old rabbit might be flooded out of his hole by this time. Piglet smiled at this pretend conversation. It would have been jolly and comforting to talk like this with someone else. It wasn't much good having something exciting like a flood if you couldn't share it with somebody. Piglet felt a strange mix of fear and excitement about the heavy rain. He continued to look outside. The old dry ditches around him had become little streams. The old little streams around him had become rivers. And the old river was becoming, well, a lake. The water in the old river had risen high above its banks and was spreading outwards over the lands around it. Piglet wondered how long it would take before the water reached his home and floated his bed right off the floor. Yes, yes, it is a bit worrisome, he said to himself. I'm just a very small animal, surrounded entirely by water. Christopher Robin and Boo, they could escape by climbing trees. Kanga and Rabbit could escape by jumping. Owl could escape by flying. And Eeyore could escape by... Oh my, how could Eeyore escape, he wondered. It soon came to him. Eeyore would escape by simply being Eeyore. He would make a loud noise and say in his Eeyore way, Here I am, surrounded by water, and I can't anything. Does anybody even care about Eeyore? Probably not. 
would still stick in their brain, like one of Boo's songs. Help, help, helpity help. Yeah, he liked that. Pickler put the paper in the bottle and corked it tightly. He then leaned out of his window and threw the bottle as far as he could. Splash! The bottle landed in the rising floodwaters, sunk below the surface, and then bobbed up to the surface. He watched it floating slowly away into the distance until his eyes just ached from looking. After a while, he couldn't tell if he was looking at the bottle in the distance or if it was a little ripple on the water. He finally just stopped staring at the water and started hoping someone would find his bottle soon. He had done all that he could do to save himself. So now, he thought, somebody else will have to do something. If they don't, then I will have to swim, which I can't do. So I hope they do it soon. Pickler gave a very long sigh and continued, I still wish Boo was here. It's so much more friendly with two people. When the rain had began, Boo was totally asleep. So while it rained and rained and rained, Boo had slept and slept slept. He had had a tiring day because he had been out searching for the East Pole. Why the East Pole, you wonder? Well, do you remember how Pooh had discovered the North Pole? Pooh was so proud that he had asked Christopher Robin if there were any other poles that such a bear of little brain might discover. Oh, yes, said Christopher Robin. There's a South Pole, and I expect there's an East Pole and a West Pole. But people don't usually talk about them. Pooh was very excited when he heard this. Pooh suggested that they should have an expedition to discover the East Pole. Pooh always had trouble saying expedition, but Christopher Robin was busy doing something else with Ganga. So Pooh went out to try to discover the East Pole all by himself. He searched all day to no avail. He was so tired when he got home 
fell asleep in his chair in the middle of his supper. And he slept, and he slept, and he slept. During his long sleep, he dreamed that he was at the East Pole. It was a very cold pole with the coldest sort of snow and ice all over it. He had found a beehive to sleep in, but there wasn't any room for his legs, so he had to leave his legs dangling outside. Wild woozles who live in the East Pole came and poured a cold liquid all over Boo's legs. The wild woozles were not trying to harm Boo. They were just using his legs to warm up the liquid for them so they could give warm liquid to their young. In his dream, Boo's legs felt wetter and wetter and colder and colder until suddenly he woke up and he found himself still sitting in his chair except he was surrounded by water. In fact, his legs were dangling in the water and feeling colder and colder. Boo hopped out of his chair and stood in the waist-high water. He slowly waddled his way to his door and looked out. Seeing all the water inside and outside his house, he exclaimed, This is serious. I must figure out how to escape. He grabbed his largest pot of honey and climbed up his tree to a large branch far above the water. He then wondered if one pot of honey would be enough. He climbed back down, grabbed another honey pot, and climbed back up the tree. He then wondered if two honey pots would be enough. He climbed back down again, grabbed another honey pot, and climbed back up to the large branch. As you can guess, this kept occurring until Boo was sitting on the large branch with ten pots of honey. He now felt safe and content. Two days later, Boo was still sitting on the branch high above the water. But now, he only had four pots of honey. Three days later, he was down to one pot of honey. Finally, four days later, Boo was sitting on the branch without any honey at all. He was pondering what to do when he saw something curious in the water below him. 
It was Piglet's bottle. Pooh wondered if it contained more honey. He hopped off the branch and plunged into the water. Pooh grabbed the bottle and climbed back into the tree, ready to enjoy some fresh honey straight from the bottle. He opened it and pulled out a piece of paper. Oh, bother, he moaned. I got soaking wet for a scrimpy piece of paper. He looked at the piece of paper and declared, Oh, it's a message. How interesting. Pooh wasn't very good at reading, so he just kept staring at the letters. Now, that is the letter P, he said with confidence, knowing that his name also contained the letter P. He thought about it and said, Aha, this must be an important message to me. I must find Christopher Robin, or Owl, or Piglet, or any of those clever readers who can read things. They will tell me what my important message says. Pooh not only struggled with being a good reader, but he also struggled with being a good swimmer. Oh, bother. How am I going to find someone to read my message? Think, think. Think, think, think. Then he had an idea, and for a bear of very little brain, it was a pretty good idea. Pooh mused to himself, if a bottle can float, then a honey jar can float. And if a honey jar can float, then I can sit on top of it, if it's a very big jar. Pooh took his biggest jar and corked it up to create his floating device. All boats have to have a name, he said, so I shall call mine the Floating Bear. And with these words, he dropped his boat into the water and jumped on top of it. For a little while, Pooh and the Floating Bear were uncertain as to which of them was meant to be on the top. But after trying one or two different positions, they figured it out. The floating bear would be under Pooh, while Pooh vigorously battled with his feet. Pooh then started his journey. Christopher Robin lived at the very top of the forest, although it rained, and it rained, and it rained. The rising water didn't reach up to his house. Christopher Robin looked down into the valleys and saw the water flooding the lands. Every morning, 
his very large umbrella to watch the water continue to rise. One morning, he concluded that his home and the land around it was turning into an island, and he was kind of excited by this. On that same morning, Owl came flying over and said, Hello, Christopher Robin. Christopher Robin replied, Hello, Owl. Isn't this fun? I'm on an island. I see, I see, Owl replied. The atmospheric conditions have been very excessive lately. The, uh, what? said Christopher Robin, leaning on his long folded umbrella. The app Owl rethought his word choice. The amount of rain has been excessive. Oh, yes, quite so. Have you seen Pooh? inquired Christopher Robin. No, he wasn't at my house. And I don't see him at your house, replied Owl, spinning his head around. I hope he's all right, said Christopher Robin. I've been wondering about him. I expect piglets with him. Owl, can you go see if they're all right? Pooh hasn't got very much brain, and he might do something silly. Yes, yes, that lovable Pooh, said Owl. I'll go and look. I'll be back in the shake of a wing. Owl flew off and returned a little while later. Pooh is not at his house, Owl stated. He was there, though, because I can see nine empty pots of honey in his tree. Oh, Pooh, cried Christopher Robin, raising his folded umbrella in the air. Where are you? Why, I'm right here, said Pooh. Wherever I'm at, that is where I am at. And right now, I am right here. Oh, Pooh, exclaimed Christopher Robin, and he ran over to hug him. How'd you get here? asked Christopher Robin. On my honey jar boat, said Pooh proudly. I received an important message in a bottle, so I had to find someone to read it to me. And look, I found you. Pooh stretched out his paw that was holding the note and said to Christopher Robin, What does it say? It's from Piglet, cried out Christopher Robin. His house is getting flooded. We must rescue him at once. They all started to discuss a rescue plan. Owl declared that he couldn't carry Piglet on his back. Christopher Robin shared that he didn't have a boat. So Pooh pointed to his honey jar and said, 
flying of a boat. Christopher Robin pointed at Prue's honey jar boat with his umbrella and said, Oh, Pooh, that jar won't hold us. They all sat down in a slump until Pooh said, Well, what about using that? Pooh pointed his paw at Christopher Robin's umbrella. Can't we float in your umbrella if you open it up? and put it upside down, Pooh asked. Christopher Robin clapped his hands in delight. Yes, Pooh, that is a genius idea. He thought about it further and said, We shall call this boat the Brain of Pooh. Pooh proudly climbed into the umbrella with Christopher Robin Owl flew above them and directed them to Piglet's house. After rescuing Piglet, they made sure that all their friends in the Hundred Acres woods were safe. When they all finally arrived back to Christopher Robin's dry island, Piglet looked at Pooh and said, You may call yourself a bear of very little brains, but you are a bear of very big ideas. Pooh smiled at Piglet and said, Thank you, Piglet. Perhaps when my friends are in danger, my brain gets bigger. They all laughed, except Pooh. He had started thinking about a new problem. Christopher Robin, Pooh asked, Do you have any honey in your house? Part 9 A Special Party for Pooh One day, Christopher Robin was walking along and whistling a happy tune. Looking up, he saw Owl flying out of the Hundred Acre Wood, and so he paused. Owl flew right to where he was standing. Hello, Owl, said Christopher Robin. Hello, Christopher Robin. How are you today? Owl replied back. Well, said Christopher Robin. I'm going to give a party. You are, are you? said Owl. Yes, and it's to be a special sort of party. It's because of what Pooh did to save Piglet from the flood. Oh, that's what it's for, is it? said Owl. Yes, so will you tell Pooh as quickly as you can, and all the others, because the party will be tomorrow. Oh, it will, will it? said Owl, replying with a question, but not answering Christopher Robin's question directly. So, 
Will you go and tell them I won't? Christopher Robin repeated, unsure of Owl's prior reply. Owl tried to think of something very wise to say, but he couldn't, so he just flew off to tell the others. Christopher Robin was still a little unsure if Owl was going to spread the word, but he knew Owl was very wise and understood his request, so he was confident that Owl would spread the word. And sure enough, Owl did spread the word. The first person Owl told was Boo. Boo, Owl said, Christopher Robin is giving a party. Oh, said Boo, pausing and thinking really hard about something else to say. Pooh then knew exactly what to say next. Perking up, he said, Will there be those little cake things with pink sugar icing? Owl felt that it was rather beneath him to talk about little cake things with pink sugar icing. Owl would prefer if Boo asked him more important questions, like why worms don't fly. Owl had been pondering this all day, and he had boiled it down to two possibilities. Either it was because they didn't have wings, or it was because they were magnetic to dirt. Owl just kept going back and forth about the answer. Pooh, in the meantime, was patiently waiting for a reply to his question. But Owl didn't want to talk about cake things with pink sugar icing. Instead, he told Pooh that Christopher Robin was throwing a party for him, and then he flew off to find Eeyore. Pooh watched Owl fly off and thought to himself, Owl sure is smart, but sometimes he doesn't like to answer questions. Perhaps that is what smart people do. Pooh then refocused on the big news from Owl and thought, A party for me. How grand is that? Pooh began to wonder if all the other animals would know that it was a special Pooh party. Had Christopher Robin told them about the floating bear and the brain of Boo, and all the wonderful ships he had invented and sailed on. Boo began to think how awful it would be if everybody had forgotten about his big accomplishments.
What if nobody quite knew what the party was for? The more Booth thought about this, the more the party got muddled in his mind. His thoughts about the party became like a bad dream. When nothing goes right, his mind got fixated on these muddled, dreamlike thoughts. Pooh sat down as the worrisome thoughts about his party turned into a curious song in his head. These thoughts became an anxious Pooh sing-song dreamlike poem. It went something like this. Three cheers for Pooh. For who? For Pooh. What did he do? I thought you knew. Well, he saved his friend from the water. Three cheers for Bear. For where? For Bear. He couldn't swim, but he rescued him. He rescued who? Oh, listen, please do. I'm talking of Boo. Of who? Of Boo. I'm sorry I keep forgetting. Well, Boo was a bear of enormous brain. Just say it again. Of enormous brain. Of enormous what? Well, he ate a lot. And I don't know if he could swim or not. But he managed to float on a sort of boat. On a sort of what? Well, I guess it was a sort of a pot. No bother. Let's give him three hearty cheers. And hope that he's with us for so many years. Growing healthy, without any fears. Having friends to keep away tears. Yes, yes, let's all rejoice. Three hearty cheers for Pooh. For who? For Pooh. Three hearty cheers for Bear. For where? For Bear. Three hearty cheers for the wonderful. Winnie the Pooh. Oh, just tell me somebody. What did he do? While Pooh continued to swirl these curious thoughts in his head, Owl was talking to Eeyore. Eeyore, said Owl, Christopher Robin is giving a party. Oh, how interesting said Eeyore. I suppose they will be sending me some leftover cake when the party is over. Probably just a small piece that nobody wanted. Not even a corner piece. Just a middle piece with barely any frosting. Probably a piece that fell on the ground. If it is chocolate cake, then I won't even be 
to see the dirt on it. I will be eating a lump of dirt. Oh, joy for me. No party invitation for you, Eeyore. But we hope you enjoy this lump of dirt. But Eeyore, there is an invitation for you. I'll state it. Does it have dirt on it? Eeyore asked. Don't be silly, replied Owl. You didn't answer my question, said Eeyore. I guess that means it does have dirt on it. Your invitation is just like everyone else's, explained Owl. Well, that sure seems like a lot of effort putting dirt on everyone's invitation just to make me feel better. Owl ignored Eeyore's fixation about the dirt and said, The invite is asking you to the party, which is tomorrow. Eeyore thought about it and then asked, Does the invitation have any frosting on it? Owl looked perplexed and said, Huh, what? It's an invitation, not a piece of cake, Eeyore. Just as I thought, no frosting. I bet the other invitations have frosting on them. Eeyore sighed. Owl shook his head at Eeyore. It is just a spoken invitation, not a paper invitation. You mean to say that I can't even see my invitation? It's an invisible invitation. Well, an invisible invitation is the same as no invitation. No, no, Eeyore, said Owl. It is a real invitation. It is just spoken instead of written. Eeyore perked his ears up and stood very still for a long time. Owl stared at him and then finally figured out what he was waiting for. Eeyore, you are invited to the party tomorrow, Owl said. Eeyore's tail made a little swish of happiness. How wonderful, Eeyore said. But then he soon followed it up with, I sure hope it doesn't rain. If it does, then don't blame me. The next day soon arrived, and it didn't rain. Christopher Robin had made a large table out of some long pieces of wood, and everyone sat all around it. Christopher Robin sat at one end, and Pooh sat at the other end.
between them on one side were Owl, Eeyore, and Piglet, and between them on the other side were Rabbit, Roo, and Ganga. All of Rabbit's friends and relatives spread themselves about on the grass. They waited hopefully in case anybody spoke to them or dropped anything or asked them the time. This was the first party to which little Rue had ever been and he was very excited. Hello, Pooh, Rue squeaked. Hello, Rue, said Pooh. Rue jumped up and down in his seat for a little while, paused, and then began greeting the others again. Hello, Piglet, Rue squeaked. Piglet waved a paw at him, being too busy to say anything. Hello, Eeyore, said Rue. Eeyore nodded gloomily at him and said, The rain is coming. I can feel it in my knees. It's gonna start any moment now. Just you look and see. Rue looked up, but didn't see any rain. So he continued his greetings. Hello, Owl, Rue squeaked. Hello, my little fellow, Owl replied, and then went on telling Christopher Robin about some long-winded incident that had happened to him. Ganga looked at little Rue and said, Drink up your milk first, dear, and then talk afterwards. Rue, who was drinking his milk, tried to say that he could do both at once, but then ended up coughing on his milk. Ganga patted Rue on the back to quell his coughs, while also mopping up some milk that had spilled with her other hand. Mothers can do two things at once, Rue but you need to focus on one thing at a time. Ginga said sweetly to Rue. Little Rue tried to laugh and agree with Ganga at the same time, but he was still coughing. When they had all nearly eaten enough, Christopher Robin banged on the table with his spoon. Everybody stopped talking and they were very silent. Well, except little Rue, who had now shifted from an attack of coughs to an attack of hiccups. The youngest of Rabbit's relatives thought the hiccups were very funny, so they were all nudging each other and giggling. This party said Christopher Robin, is a party because of what someone did, and we all know who it was. 
and I've got a present for him, and here it is. Then he felt around a little and whispered, Where is the present? While Christopher Robin was looking around for the present, Eeyore stood up and looked at everyone. Back when Owl had invited Eeyore to the party, Owl never explained to Eeyore that the party was for Pooh. This resulted in Eeyore drawing his own conclusion about the party. Friends and other fuzzy beats, Eeyore said to everyone, It is a great pleasure, or perhaps I'd better say, It's been a pleasure so far to see you at my party. What I did was really nothing. Whatever it was that I did. But I guess it must have been something. I just hope my present doesn't have any dirt on it. At that moment, little Rue let out a big hiccup. And Rabbit's smallest relatives fell into another wave of giggles. What is Eeyore talking about? Piglet whispered to Pooh. I don't know, said Pooh. I thought this was your party, said Piglet. I thought it was, also, but I suppose it isn't, Pooh shrugged. Rue let out another big hiccup, which was followed by another wave of giggles. As I was saying, said Eeyore loudly and sternly, when I was interrupted by various loud sounds, I hope that my special gift is not. Christopher Robin then yelled with excitement. Here it is. I found Pooh's present. Pass it down to silly old Pooh. It's for Pooh, said Eeyore. I might have known. I guess I can't complain. I may not have a present but I am at a party. It would probably be worse to have a present and to not be at a party. Being invited to a party means I have a lot of friends, but getting a gift may mean I only have one friend. If I wasn't, with all my friends right now, then it would probably be raining. Yep, I'd be all alone, getting wet with my small gift. This is better. Eeyore's tail made a small 
happy swish. Nobody really heard Eeyore, though, because they were all saying, Open it, Pooh. What is it, Pooh? And other remarks of the sort. Of course, Pooh was opening it as quickly as he could, but he didn't want to cut the string. Pooh carefully untied the string and kept it. He liked the string because he knew it could be useful in many occasions. He put the long piece of string neatly on the table and patted it with his paw. It was like an extra gift. Pooh turned his attention back to the box and opened it. When he saw what it was, he nearly fell down. He was so pleased. It was a special pencil case, and the pencils had special markings on them. Some pencils were marked B for bear. Some pencils were marked HB for helpful bear. And some pencils were marked BB for brave bear. There were blue pencils, red pencils, green pencils, and a pencil sharpener. Pooh liked the idea of writing blue letters, red letters, and green letters with his new pencils. There was also a ruler so his colorful letters could sit on a straight line and an eraser for removing wrong letters that shouldn't be sitting on the straight line. The ruler also had markings on it so he could measure things. He looked forward to measuring his new piece of string. All of these lovely items were in little pockets of their own in a special case, which shut with a click when you closed it. Pooh opened and closed his case several times. The sound of the click soothed him. Pooh was smiling ear to ear. Thank you, everyone. He said. Everyone clapped and cheered for Pooh, even Rue, who had finally stopped hiccuping. Even Eeyore clapped, not because he was happy for Pooh, but because he was happy that he didn't get that gift. Oh boy, that gift looks like a lot of work, Eeyore said aloud to no one in particular. Sharpening pencils, drawing lines, writing letters, erasing mistakes over and over again. Oh, that is a lot to do. I'd rather sit in a cold puddle 
Thank you very much. Later on, everyone said goodbye and thank you to Christopher Robin. Then Pooh and Piglet walked home together in the golden evening, and for a long time they were silent. At last, Piglet said, When you wake up in the morning, Pooh, what's the first thing you say to yourself? Pooh thought about it, and then said, What's for breakfast? What do you say, Piglet? I say, I wonder what exciting thing is going to happen today, said Piglet. Pooh nodded thoughtfully and replied, That there is the same thing. Piglet smiled. Oh, Pooh, Piglet thought to himself, How are you always so adorable? This is the end of tonight's Storytime episode. Good night, sweet.